Good morning, good morning, good morning here from Lofdal International out of the conference center. Because of load sharing, we run out of power in South Africa. And uh, so we moved from the house to here for this morning. Trust you had a phenomenal weekend. Oh, my word. So far. And the week passed with greatness because you are destined. Welcome. Thank you for allowing us to be in your home. Strange to be in the building this morning. And as you all know, the churches are locked down until maybe the middle of February. And uh, we still have another two Sundays before January is done. And to think we pass the halfway of January in 11 and a half months. It's New Year again and Christmas. <laughs> because time passed like this. And every January we share the principles that can transform your life. Because your greatness is connected to the simple principle of God's word. Now, we, we, we speak about putting God first. First things first. Because when God is first, that means my life is in divine order. And that's where God can operate. And when my life is in divine order, divine order means the accurate arrangement of things. One thing that I like about God and love about God, God is a God of a second chance. He's a God of a third chance. Oh, my word. And if we messed up somewhere, there's always a comeback. The golden key in Christian's life is to say, God, I'm sorry. I've missed it. I've messed up. I, I, I missed the divine order because our nature is we always want to do it our way. One thing that I've learned, Christian and anybody actually hates, especially South Africans, hates the unknown. While the scripture never keeps us in the dark and help us to discover God's direction. Now, imagine this morning, you are destined for this great journey. But on this journey that you are going, my word, there's a lot of obstacles, booby traps, landmines, quicksand, uh, pits, and they're all covered. You don't know where they are, but you need to travel on this life with all these obstacles and enemies on your way. <laughs> the psalmist comes out in, it says in Psalm 119 from verse 19 to 21. He says, I am but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map and your commands are my chart and my guide. Oh, very powerful scripture that we've just been reading, Living Bible. Because remember, the foundation scripture is not only Matthew 6, 33. It's very important, but it's also Psalm 11, verse 3. 
if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, on this life journey that we travel on, and the strip, this is a dangerous strip, and uh, <laughs> you, you, you never know it's dangerous until the day when you receive the roadmap from God and you realize, oh my word, why didn't I know this before? I could have saved myself many heartaches, many pain. We, some of us still pay today of wrong decisions yesterday and 20 years ago. Now you don't need to be there because God wants to do a new thing. Let's get new in 2021. We say a new year. Let's make this new year new. <laughs> say, I make it new. And it starts with a powerful decision. Now, when you are assigned for this journey that you are on, and this person explained to you all these things, the obstacles, the landmines, the booby traps, the quicksand, the pits that's covered up and uh, that you're going to travel on. The problem is you don't know where they are. <laughs> They're not so open in the open that you can say, oh, there's a booby trap, there's a landmine. No, no. <laughs> you need a map. And this is the powerful thing. And this person that tells you about this journey gives you this map. Now, the map contains all the danger points, all the detours, all the things that wants to delay this journey of life. And uh, now, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with the map. This is where the tire is going to hit the road. What you do with the map will determine how you're going to travel on this journey. Now, you can fold up the map, look at it, and say, fold it up and put it in your pocket. You can put the map somewhere there or hide it and say, I really don't need the map. I know how to live life. I know how to make this journey. I've been experienced 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years or 10 years. The thing is, what the psalmist was actually explaining, he says, I am but a pilgrim. Now, on this road journey that you travel on, there's a destroyer of the foundation. <laughs> and he knows if he can fiddle with the foundation, crack it, and how higher you build, and I've seen that in lives, how people built phenomenal lives, but they had a crack in the foundation, and at a certain height, this thing collapsed. Now, this is very dangerous, what we're sharing, and this is life-changing, because I have built my life on the principle of first. And if I mess up, I say, God, I'm sorry, I'm putting you back first. I want you to be first because I am a pilgrim here on earth. And that word pilgrim is somebody that travels. You are on a life journey. 
That's what the word pilgrims mean. And uh, now, now this, this journey that you're on determines how long you live. So as long as there's breath in your lungs, life in your body, you're on this journey. And this is the thing that you need to understand with the map because this map will direct your footsteps. It will help you. It will guide you. It will take you how to make this in proper time because we don't have time to delay any longer. Now the question is this morning on January the 17th, and that's our second child, our youngest daughter, <laughs> it's her birthday today. You know, you know there's three children still alive. And uh, so it's Lanzel, Tasha, and Veliquis passed on. But it's her birthday today. She's 44 years young. And it took me back where she was born. We were ministers in Pitratif, a town on the Swaziland border in uh, the Mapumamalanga. I think that's what the new name is, district. And how it happened, the phenomenal thing, how God started the journey, and he helps us to kickstart it. Now, this is what January does, a kickstart. Every, the principle of first, every time when you apply, kickstart your life to take you in their dimensions what God has ordained. Now, the question is on this day, how am I going to treat the map that this person gave me who designed the journey? <laughs> now, now, this is phenomenal because the, the possibility is that I can miss it or I can make it. Now, to make it is not difficult. <laughs> Nothing with God is difficult because God paved the way. Now, when the psalmist says in Psalm 119, he says, I am just that pilgrim. And Lord, I need a map, the map of life for this pilgrimage I'm on. He says, and then he explained, because this map contains your commands and your chart, and they my guide. Now, so God gave us what? His word. Somebody say, the word. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm so excited about the word this morning. And his word is designed to reveal to explain to you the journey and all the pitfalls to your journey. Come on, somebody. All the obstacles, all the dead ends that's there if you take the wrong turn, turn off the detours. It shows you how when you're close to the cliff, my word, they put spikes there, that enemy, he wants you to kill to destroy and to rob you from the significant life God gave you. Oh my word, it's so phenomenal. And, and now this roadmap, the word tells me 
hell with the vision in sight and the end in sight. How to make this journey so phenomenal. <laughs> now, one thing, we don't have option. You don't have option. We must take this journey because we are alive. And this is the thing. All the obstacles, all the, 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 the landmines, all the dynamite explosives on this journey, all the booby traps are there, listen, to hinder, to delay, and to make your life's journey a battle, to make it difficult, hard. Nearly people feel it's impossible to complete this journey. It's because somewhere they fold up the map. They don't read the map. They don't <laughs> consult the map because the map carries the valuable truth. How to succeed, to be significant, how to be phenomenal on this life journey. And I put down in writing, you decide how you look at it. But if you not pay attention to it, if you fold it up, you put it in your pocket, and you say, I know it, I will do it my way. That's a very dangerous thing. Or you can say, you decide, this map is so essential of my journey to understand, to, to become, to experience, to live life as God has it right now. This is phenomenal. That's a John 10, 10b declaration of Jesus in King James. It's in red. We sometimes just read it and we just say it, but there's so much deep meaning because it explains God's desire his plan, his Jeremiah 29, 11 lifestyle for you. He says, I know. <laughs> God doesn't have Alzheimer's. He doesn't have Parkinson's. He doesn't suffer of memory loss. <laughs> so God is all known. He said, I know the thoughts I have about you. Do you know God thinks about you? every moment. Oh, my word, the prophet Jeremiah, I think he said, he has tattooed my name in the palm of his hand. <laughs> That's how significant you are in this life. Now you've heard me saying, maybe life slapped you, kick you, trample on you. These people that lost five family members at a time with the covered thing and they feel life is not fair and people lost so much. But this is the strategy of the enemy. He wants you to think God has forgotten about you. But God says, I know the thoughts I have about you. Made up mind about you. Thoughts of no evil. Oh, my word. Isn't that amazing? He says, but thoughts to give you a hope and a future. In other words, to give you what Jesus has died for. That 
is my ultimate design that you complete this. But it all depends how you read and apply the roadmap on your journey. God doesn't want you to step on a landmine, to have a booby trap, to fall in a pit, to end up in quicksand, to take your journey where there's explosives or fell off the cliff. No, he wants to give you a smooth ride. Oh, my word. And this is so important. You decide if this map is essential and the most important thing in life. And I want to make this journey not just to make it in survival mode, but to be significant, effective, victorious, and as a champion. I was reading to the staff the other day something so powerful. I said there's only two classes of people that exist on the earth. There's only two. There's not a third one, only two. They are deliverers or captives. And I've put down here, and I let them make some copies to give it to the people. You are a captive or a deliverer. <laughs> now this is ministers, true leaders, a manager, whatever, a servant of God. So it includes everybody. Are deliverers. They're not supposed to be captives. Deliverers, they are those who have recognized the authority of God and submitted to God's authority and do it God's way. Did you hear just what I said? They do it God's way. We live in a world and in a Christian world where people do it somebody's revelation way and my way and they think they're Frank Sinatra, blue eyes, I do it my way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Then you become a captive. Listen, they have recognized the plan of God and they cooperate with the plan. They have recognized the consequences of disobeying their God and their God's way of doing things. And they have made up a mind they got to obey. Deliverers hate doubt and unbelief. Deliverers fear God. Deliverers keep his commandments, his instructions, his principles, his precepts. Deliverers are obsessed with doing the will of God on earth. Oh my word. Where captives are those imprisoned by rebellion and stubbornness of doing it as they think and in their schedule. They, they are imprisoned by their habits, their errors or anything that prevents them from entering into excellence, perfection, and a life in the spirit where they <laughs> don't experience a John 10, 10 B section. 
deliverers think and operate differently than captives. Captives discuss pain. Deliverers destroy pain. Captives think and deliverers do not care. <laughs> deliverers care enough to fight. Come on. Captives crave attention. Life is all about I, me, and myself. What I went through, what I, we all went through stuff. I tell people, they say, oh, how did you do it? But, uh, no, I haven't arrived yet. I'm still on life's journey. But let me tell you, it was the grace of God that helped us and I've learned. It's never about me, never about I, never about myself. It's never about my pain. It's about how I can change lives. And to do that, I need to be a deliverer that are change. Deliverers cares enough to fight <laughs> and overcome the obstacles. Because captives do it their way. Deliverers do it God's way. Captives hate change. Deliverers want to change. And they change continually every day. Deliverers are anointed to set the captives free. Deliverers embrace the word. Captives find fault with the word. And you decide this morning, are you a deliverer or are you a captive? And that's where Isaiah the prophet came in Isaiah 5. And he says, as God's mouthpiece, my people are going into captivity because of a lack of of knowledge. They don't use the road map. For every problem, there's a solution. For every attack in the word, there's victory. For every sickness, <laughs> there's a remedy in the word by his stripes. For every poverty, there's a, <laughs> a, 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 a condition how to move into prosperity. And this is the phenomenal thing. You decide how you're going to handle the life's map. God gave us life since the day you were born. You're on this journey. Oh, my word. And it's never too late to make adjustments because we live in the suddenness of God where God can turn water into wine. Boom. He stood in front of a tomb. And he said, roll the stone away. And he called, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Imagine if Jesus didn't call him by his name. Every dead person. If he said, come forth, every dead person will come forth. <laughs> but he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came. Pastor Jeff years ago preached a sermon many years ago, and it stuck in my mind. And he had the demonstration how Lazarus was still tied up. And he said, lose him. This is a time to lose the Lazaruses 
that they can live the abundant life of God. Now, let's go to the beginning. In the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1, and I want to pick up something here that you can see. There's a sixth day, and God created mankind, and then he rest. So man was born, of, yeah, or created, and then he was destined to be in the rest of God, not to be full of worry and anxiety. And that brings us to the principle of first. Because in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us, amplified Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority. Did you hear the word, complete authority? So God first created us in his likeness, in his character, in his way of doing, in his nature, in his DNA. And let them have complete authority over the fish and everything, and even over the snake. He says, upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And then... <laughs> Oh, my word, God bless them because his love for mankind. And he said to them, this is how God blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and use all its vast resources in the service of God and man. <laughs> you, you've never read that. You miss that. Do it in the service of God and man, use it, and have dominion over the birds and the fish and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. And God said, I have given you every seed, plant-yielding seed that's on the face of the earth. Now, this is so phenomenal. And then God saw, verse 31, everything he hath made. And behold, it was very good. Say, I was created by God. And God said, I was very good, suitable, pleasant. And he approved it completely. And it was evening and there was morning, a sixth day. Now, this is so phenomenal and so profound. I'm going to share stuff this morning that's going to help you to get a bigger picture of you and God. You're not a mishap. Well, Gustav, I go through stuff. Life slapped me. It slapped us all. It's how I look at it. It's how I dust myself up and said, I'm not going to stay in this bankruptcy. I'm not going to stay in this doctor diagnosis. I'm not going to stay in this miserable. <laughs> I may be locked down in the natural, but I'm not locked down in the spirit. I'm not locked down in my mind. I believe the miraculous and God is the unlimited God. Now, this is phenomenal what happened here. God created man, give him authority, dominion, jurisdiction. And in chapter 2, and it says again, explain it. And then God said, my word. <laughs> After he caused the sleep, and he took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend, to guard, and to keep it. What are you put on the face of the earth? To tend it, 
to guard it and to keep it. <laughs> In other words, we cannot allow spiritual demonic squatters, that's the devil and his fallen angels, to come and squat on the face of the earth. I said, speak spiritually. He says, I called you to tend it, guard it, and keep it. And then the Lord commanded the man instruction saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it of it, you shall surely die. And now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory for man to be. So Eve came, and then the phenomenal story about this, when God put them together, and he said, it's now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And then God goes on. And he put them there to be in rulership. Somebody say rulership. Now, God's mind never changed about your rulership because Jesus restored back what mankind messed up in Luke chapter 10, 19. He verbally shared it. He released the sound into the atmosphere so that every demonic spirit will know you as God's creature created in his likeness and his image have that dominion, authority, and jurisdiction. Now here is another story that happened in chapter 3. I want to help you with something because <laughs> this is phenomenal. Verse 21, use the word, and the Lord God calls the Lord God. So <coughs> I want to explain to you Lord and God because in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. Lord God again. And he, Satan, said to the woman, <laughs> now remember he's a fallen angel. <laughs> He's now took hold of the snake. And now this is amazing. He said to the woman, can it really be that God has said? Did you discover there's a word missing when Satan is on the scene? <laughs> Here the first human being having a conversation with a snake and they speaking verbally. Isn't that crazy? Some people will think in our time, man, Think about speaking to a snake and the snake answers you back in Afrikaans. <laughs> but this is the strategy of the enemy. He was subtle, he was crafty than any other living creature. So here is a story. And he said, can it really be that God has said, you shall not eat? Now, the word missing there is Lord. Lord God. Satan didn't say, Lord God. He said, God. Elohim. Elohim means power. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it means that God says in his power. But he left out the word, Lord God. The word Lord means covenant relationship 
of God or where God is first. If you say, Lord God, you say, <laughs> the first, the only, the highest, the most predominantly in honor, in everything, the one that I am created in his likeness and that I am in a covenant relationship with him. Wow. But he used that word out. He said, that God said. Now this is phenomenal. And when he said that, he got Eve's attention. Now she was at the right tree, the wrong moment, and influence, and very <laughs> distracted with this being, snake speaking to her. And she get in a conversation. And he said to her, he didn't say all the millions of other trees. It's that one tree, the no-no one. <laughs> all the other trees is the yes-yes ones. But Satan is after that you will touch the no-no of God. This is powerful. And he know because he was jealous, he was not created in the likeness and image, and he wasn't given dominion, authority, and as the Amplified says, all authority. Come on, somebody. In, in, in verse number 26 of chapter 1, he says, and let them have complete authority. The word complete means complete from A to Z, A to Z, from 1 to whatever it may be. Complete authority is your portion. It was instituted by God that you will guard this world and guard what belongs. That's why the earth doesn't belong to the devil. Did you hear what I say? He tries to maneuver. He was subtle, crafty. He, he, he's slivering. He, he comes in at a moment and he messes with Eve's mind. To get it, he works with the speed of a thought to get her off the focus of the no-no of God, take her away from the yes-yes of God, and now she's so consumed with the no-no. Because listen what he said. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden. Accept the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She said, this is the no-no what God said. And then the serpent comes with the next thought. Amazing. When I speak about the principle of first, people say we don't understand. Is that now a new thing? No. It's as old as creation. Because when Adam and Eve was in the first, they were always in the right place, in the right mood, in the right attitude, in the right moment to have an experience with God. To live in God first. They didn't say, okay, God is coming to visit us. Let me first do this, then let's put God on hold. No, 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 no. They knew the roadmap of life. They have it. 
And then he said, Accept the fruit from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, Now he comes to push his world. He wants to get them out of that image. He wants them to spiritually die because as long as they are spiritually alive, they have the keys. He says, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Now, they already know they like God because God created them in the likeness and image. And because Satan, what he actually was saying, I didn't submit to God, I refuse to. I don't want you to submit to God and his will. I want to take you out of the position where God is first, where you love him with all your mind, all your heart, and all your strength, because Satan knows as long as you love God like that, nothing in life will be an effort. Everything will be a tool. You will be a channel that things flow through you, and how more it flows through you, how more it will be poured out over you, that you will not have enough room to contain it. And he said, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity, he wants to lead them by, listen, their emotions. And this is a big thing that he still does today. And when the woman saw, she suddenly moved from covenant relationship, his Lord God. She didn't say the Lord God said, she's in the trap now. She took out the covenant with God and she just spoke about God's power. God said, she didn't say the Lord God. She said, God said. And, he, and when the women saw that the tree was good, suitable and pleasant, her eye gate, her ear gate was defiled. Now her eye gate is, oh my word, becomes open and she doesn't concentrate to see God. The Lord God, she sees the tree. Was good, suitable, pleasant for food and that it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. She took off its fruit and ate and she gave some also to her husband and he ate. That's the power of influence. Propaganda. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves apron-like, apron-like girdles. And then they heard the sound of the Lord God, the sound of the Lord God, the covenant, the God who's first in everything. <laughs> if he's first in relationship, nothing else is difficult. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And here's the first question asked, and God still asks it Where are you on January the 17th, 2021? I have such.
such a great plan and purpose for your life. Where are you this morning? And the first question that was ever asked on the face of the earth is, where are you? Where are you? I have a plan for South Africa. I have a plan for the Western Cape. I have a plan for the nations. But where are you who say, I know Jesus? Is he only God in his power? Or is he your Lord God? The one that controls, the one that directs your footsteps, the one that wants you to be significant, successful, the one that wants you to <laughs> demonstrate Satan's defeat. Where are you, Adam and Eve? And this is the thing that people does. When God is not Lord God and he's not first, they say yes in one way, but they hide in another way. They said, and they are afraid. He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, so they acknowledge. And I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded? Have you eaten from the no-no tree? There's millions of yes-yes trees. But have you eaten? And the man said, the woman, and you gave me, and she said, the snake. Now, this is one thing that you need to discover this morning. Satan knew if he can get them hanged up in the one tree, they will miss all the benefits of the other tree. If he can get them to the point where they just say, God, he doesn't care if you're religious. And you say, God, and you pray to our Father, but you don't mean it. He's fearful about you, Satan. Because the Bible says, Satan believes. He's sometimes <laughs> more in believing than the saints. And they tremble in fear. And he knows if he can get you not to believe. He knows the scripture. He knows it is written. He knows Jeremiah 29, 11. He knows Hosea 4, 6. He knows Hosea 6, verse 1 and 2. There's a third dimension that we need to walk in. He knows you have authority and dominion. But he slivers in your life by letting you see the one tree. And he wants you to touch it. You know, if you touch God's portion, you need to leave the garden, the place of safety and of protection and of great destiny. Now, this is a phenomenal thing. He doesn't want you to have that phenomenal relationship because, you know, if you say, Lord God, you are in that covenant, he's your first in every area of your life. Now, I said enough this morning, but Satan has a strategy to stop you from completing your journey, to live out the completeness, to have complete dominion, 
can you imagine if every Christian on the world have this revelation? Revelation is to empower you and to activate you to walk in a great faith that will overcome every battle and call the things that doesn't exist into existence and call dead things to come alive. In other words, it will make you a deliverer. Satan wants you a captive. Now, the great good news is God had a strategy how to keep us on track. Because remember, when God spoke to the serpent in Genesis 3, he gave instruction. Now, God doesn't change. He's not us who chop and change. If you love me, I love you back. If you hate me, I'll hate you more. If you harm me, I'll harm you more. If you scandalize me, I'll say, God doesn't operate in that. And he doesn't want us to operate in that. He said, love those that do you harm. If they slap you on the one cheek, turn the other one. Don't say like that, brother, yes. And then the Bible doesn't say anything else. So I'll take you off my jacket and then I'll show you. It's not what the Bible says. He says, if they curse you, you bless them. Because here God, listen, had to execute his design plan for mankind. Created in his image, in his likeness, in his identity, in his DNA. Satan messed up by a decision. He... <laughs> He was after his authority and power hunger. He stripped with darkness. Doesn't have a physical body. Now he needs to possess a physical body like he did with the serpent so that he can execute his authority. He's not coming with two horns and a red outfit and a fork like that. He slivers in your life with the speed of a thought. And then God comes and God said, the Lord God, verse 14. He says, verse 13, and the Lord God, the covenant, powerful God said to the woman, the God who's first, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled, cheated, outwitted and deceived me and I ate. Can you see strategy? He doesn't want you to be walking complete health. He doesn't want you to be that great man of God that wants the billions and the zillions for the kingdom. And he, 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 he comes with modern things saying, you need a pulpit. No, the one person. Your pulpit is the world that you can preach. Your neighbors, the people working, the people in the bus, the people in the train, your family that's not saved. That's your greatest pulpit to preach because you have that ministry. And that's why Paul comes with the revelation, 2 Corinthians 5. He says, now he has made us new creatures. So we are new in him now. The old has passed away. He gave us the greatest ministry of reconciliation and he made us ambassadors for Christ. Now here is God. He brings order. There's now, <laughs> my word, everything spins out of divine order. And God brings order back. By speaking about the seed. Remember Genesis 1, the seed. What is money? Seed. What is the word? Seed. What carries a man? He carries seed to produce. 
and Satan hates the power of seed. That's why seed needs to fall in the ground before it can produce. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all domestic animals and above every wild living thing of the field upon your belly. You shall go and you shall eat dust and what it contains all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Now, if you read the Bible, your offspring, lowercase letter, her offspring, a capital letter. He will bruise, speaking about Jesus, and tread your head underfoot, and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. But listen, he will bruise your head, speaking about Calvary, speaking about Jesus is going to become the living word. Because Adam and Eve sold out of the living word and it becomes a written word. Now the written word, the Logos is there to bring a revelation to the living word, the rhema word. That's why the word needs to be in here, in here, and in here. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And this is phenomenal. And it brings me back to completeness. God said, what Satan has messed up, I will make it complete again by sending a seed, my seed, Jesus. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Now, Romans chapter 8.30 says, Moreover, whom he predestinate, them he also called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified, speaking about you. When you accept Jesus Christ as the living word. Now the living word is here. And what the living word does in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 4 again. Man shall not live from bread. He tells the snake, the serpent, the devil. Man shall not live from bread alone. His life will not be sustained by what he eats, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Come on, somebody that tells you it will proceed forth from the word of the mouth of God. So what did God say? Jesus, God manifest in the flesh. And then in verse 19 again, and he said to them, come after me, as disciples, letting me be your guide, letting me be first, letting me be the Lord God. That's why Judas Iscariot never called him Lord. He called him Master, Teacher, but never Lord. There's a revelation. That's why it was so easy to sell Jesus for money less than a brown bread, that he would be crucified. <laughs> And then Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God's way of doing. Then uh, I cannot go back to last Sunday or too much information. But in chapter 6 of Matthew 33, God gives us the way out. How to follow the instruction. That's why you are a pilgrim. You need the word. He says, but seek and aim. Oh, my word. 
and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together, the houses, the land, the, the business, the money, the, the, the oof, my word, what promotions, whatever you need lies connected. Your whole life's journey to be significant is in this one scripture. The one that God said, don't change it. This is, if you seek anything first and not my kingdom, it's a no-no. The kingdom is the yes, yes, seek it. Satan wants you to touch the no-no, to say, I'll do it my way. I can do it better. Well, what does he know? You see, this is very dangerous because the power is... Satan's strategy was to get mankind separated from God's original intent. And that's why I said he doesn't care if you're religious. He doesn't want you to be powerful. Sit in a service or in a ministry where they just carry on, do the rituals and never come to the fullness where you can walk and move in power, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, and speak in new tongues, take up poisonous stuff. And you will make it. I have a loving testimony of that. And let me come to the finish line. You see, when the serpent spoke, it's the first time when they spoke about God in Genesis 3. Nobody ever spoke about God. He said, let's speak about God. Did God say? <laughs> let's leave the relationship part out. Let's just speak. That's why a lot of people are missing the local church, the local church revelation. Because if he said, don't, don't talk about, let, let's just be religious. Now, the thing is, where God is not first, when I don't do it his way, first seek his kingdom, listen, then my life comes out of alignment and Jesus explained that in Matthew 6, 33, how to bring your life back into alignment. The roadmap to help us to focus and, and to be aligned with his way of doing things. That's why in the book of Matthew and different ways you will discover how Jesus was teaching about the disciples didn't ask them, teach us how to preach, teach us how to do the gifts, teach us how to pray. Let thy kingdom come as it is in heaven. Let it manifest on earth. Let your will be done on earth. Remember last year we did a series, your will be done, not my will. Now, his kingdom, his way of doing things. And we said last week, I said it twice, and just to refresh your mind, kingdom means a place of ruler rulership. It's what we need to seek first in place, in time, in order, in position. Seek who God is. He's Lord God. <laughs> the kingdom is who God really is. That's what I need to discover and God's way, God's methods of doing things. And the kingdom, we said, is two words, the king's domain. 
Oh, my word, his rulership stands for royalty. The way how to operate, to conduct it. God's order, his way that propels you into his promises. Now, the kingdom has five things, we said. The kingdom, number one, has a king. Jesus is the king. The king has spoken. He said, the principle of first. First in time. First in money. First in order. First in day. First in week. First in month. First thoughts. Everything first belongs to God. If you will follow that pattern, you will see how God unlocks the greatness in your life. Oh, my word. The first, come on, somebody, in here, in authority, in jurisdiction. God said, I gave you authority, Luke 10, 19. He says, I amplified, says, I given you authority and power over all the power of the enemy. God restored Genesis 2 and Genesis 1. I give you to rule completely, completely. So nothing that's out of God's order can we allow not sickness, not disease, not poverty, not depression, oppression, compression, suicidal, not, not hopelessness, not feeling un, not worthy, all those things. You cannot allow it. It's the sovereign snake that tries to tell you, you're not redeemed. You're not made the righteousness. Oh, my word, and you're not glorified by God. We said God's jurisdiction is authority. That's what it means. He's got citizens in that kingdom, me and you. We are in this world, but not from this world. You became a citizen of heaven. That's where, that's why you are called the ambassador. Number four, there's laws in this kingdom. The law is seek first, find out how it operates. Give and it shall be given back unto you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. That's the laws of God that governs your whole life. You want to be powerful. Oh, I need to start another church. You can do it if you want to do it. But if it's not done in God's divine order or God's plan, you're going to miss the boat. This time of the lockdown, God is bringing like-minded people in one, they call it a tribe. I say in one family to be a great family, to be a great army on the face of the earth. And that kingdom have a lifestyle. Now, God only has a good, acceptable, and perfect will. And this is the thing I need to discover, that God's final saying is final. It's authority. It's final. It's not going to change his mind about that. And we need to understand how God operates by putting him first. When you love God, Nothing what God demands or asks from you is difficult or impossible. And this is the key word, the Finnish word. Listen, we do it because the love of Christ compels us. In this time of prayer, 21 days, if you did not get the, the, the points of praying, sent information, they can send it to you that what we are praying for, 
this is going to be a glorious, passionate, phenomenal breakthrough. 2021, we will not be dominated by the forces of darkness. We're not blending in, we're standing out. Come on, somebody help me. Because this is the principle of God's word. And a simple principle this morning is your answer to complete health, to greatest prosperity, to be a giant in the Lord, the greatest soul winner, the greatest disciple maker, the greatest whatever. Because if you can build on the foundation, that is the basis to put God first. What did we say in the beginning? Psalm 11.3. If the foundation is destroyed, what is God's foundation? God is first. If the enemy can destroy that foundation, you will try to preach. You will try to minister gifts. That's why we have so many false prophets. They prophesy out of the second heaven. And Lanzel calls it not out of throne room prophecy. And that's why there's so much confusion over the world. <laughs> because it doesn't bring direction. It brings confusion. If you know, want to know direction, it will bring correction. And God said, in this time, I want people to be drawn to me, not drawn to a person. Anybody that draws people to themselves are in big trouble. Because they touch the honor of God. That's why giving, it's not because God is a need. He, he loves us. He wants us. He really didn't need us. But he wants us. And the fact that he wants you, Jesus hand over the baton to you and he said, now you replenish, you fulfill, you lift out this great assignment. I gave you all the tools so that you can be everything, but it starts off. Put God first, the first thought in the morning, the first time of your day, the first day of the week, Sunday, the first <laughs> week of the month, that means I give everything to God. The first month of the year. So it's a continual thing. 365 days a year. I will put God first and I will live up the completion of what God's going to do. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Because God is awakened over his word. We are living truly in Amos 9, 13 time. Let me read it there. Reapers will overtake the sowers. And this morning I want to help you because this is God's design, God's plan. When I remember and I mention it in Goshen, when all the firstborns died, you see the first again, because they were not dedicated to God. How do they dedicate when they put the blood on the doorpost? The angel of death, calamity, destruction, the curse. Over, pass, pass over every house. And we live in the Goshen factor. You have the blood of Jesus over you, for you, and around you. And this is what God says in Amos 9, 13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. That the plowman shall overtake the reaper. <laughs> you so now I have experience and Loftal had experience. Can you realize that the next month for 
February. God supplied already the rent through one person to pay it for. Because they understand the principle of first, they need a miracle. And God's giving them great miracles. He says, and this is the time, you cannot delay. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You delay your harvest. He said, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. That is everything here to for barren and unfruitful shall overflow with spiritual blessings. And I will bring back the exiles of my people, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them, and I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be torn up out of the land which I gave them, says the Lord your God. The devil know you have a life with a mission. You have money with a mission. You have time with a mission. You have assignment with a mission. You have breath with a mission. Come on, somebody. And he wants to kill your mission. Say, Icona, not me. <laughs> Icona, me now. <laughs> Say, devil, I heard the word of the Lord this morning. Oh. <laughs> The presence of God. The Lord said, I did not speak a word that I cannot do. Didn't I put in writing, I am not a man that can lie. Because what I say will come to pass, my children and the nations of the world. You are at the night, the fortnight <laughs> of the greatest things that's going to happen. Because I have ordained it, I spoke it. Satan tries to derail and poison you like a Eve to... <laughs> Take out the Lord God, the principle of first. And for times and times, he got people by the place where they say, I serve God, but they served me, say of the Lord, on their terms. But this is the time frame. This next three weeks, you will see a harvest coming. Those that apply the principles will see the suddenness move. They will come out of drought. They will come out of lack. They will come out of poverty. They will come out of unhappiness. Because I spoke the words, say of the Lord, and my blessings are connected with my instruction. If you do my instruction, you have a war weapon in your hand. That's why Paul says, the sword of the Spirit, saith the Lord. And I am awakened with that word. And the word will proceed. And the word will manifest. And the word will produce a harvest. And you're going to look back and say, my God, my God, my God. My Lord, my God. It was only you that turn this impossible situations to become possible. It's because, say of the Lord, I love you. 
And I want you to love me also as I love you unconditionally and to do my word. I depend on my people, saith the Lord, that they will change the history of South Africa and the nations of the world. And you will see it happen because those that are sensitive to my voice, and they will do what I instruct, will have such great results, even as in Genesis 26, as the Philistines envied Isaac. They will envy you, and they will say, how did you do it? Government officials will come to you and say, how do you make it? How do you stay up in a down world, positive, in a negative world? Give us the key. And the Lord God said, it will be simple by just loving me as I love you. Because my church and my people will not go under. They will go over. They will break through. This is the phenomenal breakthrough. I had to deal and shake and say of the Lord so that foundations, what the enemy tries to sliver in and to mess up, out of that, the pure gold, out of the furnace, will come the gold. And you will see how it remains standing for my glory, saith the Lord. I've given you all the power, all the authority, all the dominion. Even you lying in a bed right now and say, God, how am I going to do it? I see the Lord is speaking to people. You were once on fire for God, preaching, singing, ministering. Oh, my word, testify. <laughs> Nothing was too difficult. And the enemy slapped you. And he used instruments and booby traps and the, <laughs> the plots and the butts and the quicksand. And the Lord said, my word this morning is pulling you out. You will be more powerful than ever before. Because you know what it is to be broken, to be humble, to just have a servant heart. And the Lord said, that will be the gateway in the end time. How you will see the goats separated from the sheep. They will have my heart, saith the Lord of loving, serving, caring <laughs> for what is important for the kingdom. And the kingdom will manifest like you've never seen before. Saith the Lord, you're destined for victory. Didn't I say in last year, oh, I remember this morning, you're going to stand amazed what I'm going to do. Lord, I can just look back. It was God. It was God. It's still God. We honor you for that this morning, Father. I know I'm over my time, but if you this morning say, God, it's a daily choice. I'm that person that stands up out of the quicksand. I come out of that. I may have a few scars of a landmine and a booby trap and a fell off the cliff or whatever. But this morning I'm rising up as a powerful warrior of God. I will not be defeated. I have a made-up mind. I have a generous spirit. 
I have the love of my God. I'm turning back to your original plan. And Lord, I pray that prayer that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. And I know we're going to make it in the power of his might. Victorious, overcomer, more than a conqueror as God's champions. If you don't know Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, come this morning, forgive me my sin, wash me in the blood. I accept you, Lord, I need you. I need you, forgive me my sin, Lord. I acknowledge that you are Lord God of my life from this day on, and I will be led by the Spirit, and I thank you that I'm healed by your stripes, I'm forgiven for my sin, I'm released out of guilt. I'm not an orphan. I'm not a prodigal. <laughs> but I'm a true son and a daughter of God. And I love you, Lord. And I will do whatever it takes to live out this great calling that you have called me. We love you. I love you. What an honor to serve you. God bless you. Serve other people, share other people, win other people, and you will see what God's going to do. Until tonight, 6 p.m., don't miss it. You were blessed today. Tell somebody, I'm just the donkey that Jesus can ride on. And I'm excited for what the Lord's going to do through your life. Until tonight at 6 p.m., God bless you.